Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 91 of the Corona Diaries. And if it all sounds a bit like chapter 90, it's because technically we're still in the same place at the same oh, time. Shit. Oh, sorry. Dave's in, Dave's in the shit. Yeah, <laughs> I just heard Dave say, is Dave recording now? I, think I am, but fine. I was also playing back 90. So oh, yeah. very confusing. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> so, so we're carrying on from where we left off last week. So we're still chatting about marbles. Um, and just just as an update, because I know you've waited a whole week and you're not sure, Sheffield United are 2-0 up against Preston and they've had a player sent off. <laughs> anyway, which means by the end of 91, you'll have got that result, which is great, which is great. Can um, I just mention that Preston is the name of the dog in the uh, sequel to The Wrong Trousers as well? In fact, it could uh, be yeah. The Wrong Trousers, the one where they're in the bakery. Is that The Wrong Trousers? No, that's... Uh, isn't that Loaf and Death in the bakery? Yes, oh. yes, with the, the, the sun-like girl in the balloon yeah, who's yeah. put a bit of weight on. That yeah. one. And the, the the dog's called Preston. But I, I thought... I didn't think Preston was Prest in close steel. shape. That, that's such a genius title for a robot dog. <laughs> now, I might have to check this, but I don't think it was Loaf and Death. Oh, I don't okay. think it's the bakery. I think it's the one before with the sheep rustling. I think Preston's in the sheep rustling one, isn't oh, he? Is he? Well, it's still a great name for a robot dog. That's, it's a great that's name my for it, main yeah. point. Genius, Wallace and Gromit. Whenever Absolute anyone genius. says Preston to me, and they often do, because our landlady in the pub's from Preston, <laughs> and whenever Preston gets mentioned, I have to just stop and go, <laughs> to myself. <laughs> i tell you what they're going to now. <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, yeah. wait, you wait till the next time you're gigging. Next time there's a, a, a gig somewhere in the north, and everybody <laughs> is going to be a cacophony of Preston <laughs> coming at you. <laughs> Anyway, back to marbles. Uh, and and last week we talked a bit about um, the writing sessions before the album, a bit about hooking up with Dave, a bit about Roger Taylor's dodgy desk that had been purchased um, and how you'd started with the process of the album and we'd got some of the, the, the bits of the marble story would, was dropping in and it was all starting to come together. And lyrically there was loads and loads and loads of great stuff. Is that about as far as we got? Yes. Yes, cool. So I want to focus, instead of focusing on how that thing continues, I kind of thought I'd maybe do it through two or three of the actual tracks. Hmm. And the first one I'm going to pull out is the one that, to me, and I don't know why this is, but I always think of as the middle bit of the album in a kind of a linear sense. That's probably because of where it sits, which I'm going to go straight to Ocean Cloud. Um, Because we talked a little bit last week about the lyric and the, the lyric being quite personal to UH and but that's that's a story in of itself isn't it so why when did that hit you Gosh. when did your interest in that start tony there was a guy called was he t- called tony bollymore there was a guy who was uh trapped in the yeah. upturned hull of his i think he was a ocean rower yeah and he was trapped or or a yachtsman and he he, he'd had um he had a boat turn over in this in the southern ocean i think somewhere off australia yeah and he was trapped in the air pocket beneath it i mean imagine and somehow he got out he uh he escaped and lived to tell the tale and i think when i started the, the notion of writing the words for Ocean Cloud, I was thinking about him, really. Uh, I've seen too much of life. There's no going back. I, w- I was thinking about people who who are neither who are neither comfortable on land or, or at sea. You know, people who've spent, who've got the sea in their blood to the point where 
they're, they're never completely comfortable on land, and yet they they miss land. So I, you know, when I say the smell of the earth is his favourite smell, you know, that smell of soil is the one thing you'd kill for if you've been <laughs> out out at sea for weeks. Um, so I, I rather had been right had been jamming around with those those chords, those dreamy chords, and and I'd thrown me seen too much of life. There's no going back. And I think I came up with those those chords for that B minor chorus. You know, you take all the girls and the boys. Well, I tried them this morning for this boat. You know, because it's my freedom. Um, so although I'm lonely, give me this anyway. You know, any old time in in preference to uh, humanity. Um, and I think that's where that had started to come from. And we started work on it. And I think Dave then came into the room one day and said, have you heard about this bloke, Don Allen? Was that you, Dave, that started? I can't remember. But I think you came with a load of newspaper cuttings. And well, I remember... No, I'm not sure. I remember he was on Blue Peter. I remember... Right. That's... Well, maybe that's what got you onto him. Mm. Because he'd single-handedly rode across the Atlantic, hadn't he? And then rode back, which yeah, no yeah. one had ever done. No one had ever done it both ways. Um, and no one really seemed to have heard of him. Yeah. Uh, and he capsized, hadn't he? Um, well, he capsized a couple of times, yeah. but the second time he'd capsized, he'd lost the boat altogether. And he was washed up on uh, on the coast of Achill Island, yeah. Off, yeah. off Ireland. And never left. He yeah. moved in. And he actually, he, he died, you know, he liked the people uh, so much, that he just stayed so there. <laughs> and, um, and I think he died a couple of years later from um, organ failure because he'd had to drink so much salt water um, after he'd lost his stores that it, yeah. it basically damaged his organs to the point where he, he, you know, he was almost dying from the from the moment he he got back, yeah. and he lasted a couple of years and then then passed away, um, and that was such a an amazing story that the the song then took on Don's spirit. Yeah. It started with another bloke and then another Don actually. It's two yeah. Dons, isn't it? Two watery dons yeah. uh, that we've that we've we've made songs about. But then you went off and made contact with his brother, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, we managed to find him. I think he might even have come come down to Par Street one he, day. Or was it the Rocket Club? Us. I've got a feeling he. I've oh, got a sort of feeling he, he, he came might have come down to Par Street. Yeah, he sent a video and various other bits to the Rocket Club. That was it. We got those. Uh, yeah, but and um, didn't you and Mark go to see him as well? I think Mark might have gone. Did I go as well? It's possible. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, it's funny how you get these notions in your. You, I wore. I'm talking to myself now. How I get these notions in my head that come really more or less out of nowhere, and end up. Um, end up sort of becoming flesh you know I, I end up with the flesh and blood of these these stories that I'm telling <laughs> I, I end up in amongst the flesh and blood of them which is so strange and it's happened yeah, it happened with, with Donald and Gina and Campbell um, and it's it's just sort of and it happened with Neil Armstrong and yeah, yeah, it still absolutely. happened again and again and have yeah. these notions and, and <laughs> they'd become flesh and, and come looking for me or, yeah, I, or yeah, I'd yeah. end up going looking for them but I'd end up with them <laughs> it's very strange yes because it's almost in terms of the lyric and what you're talking about I mean I could I could I could put that you know I could put out of this world and ocean cloud and and for me possibly Estonia mm. as being all very not similar Aquas. but there's a link between them all. Water. 
And, and I know the link's water, but I think it's also the way you... There's a way you capture what's gone on. It's 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 remarkably evocative in all cases, which is, you know, to bring all of those three stories to life, which all obviously have all got a, a huge amount of tragedy in them. Um, but, but certainly two of them, tragedy and celebration as well, I, 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 you know, I guess. But, but the evocative way that you bring those all to life. And it's interesting to say that, you, you know, like you're almost become part of that story yourself. Mm. It's strange. It's strange. It's um I'm you know, feel I feel blessed that that these that I don't just make this shit up but it comes looking for me afterwards. It's it's a strange I mean Estonia is another great example, you know, that that, that I actually well, I guess that was that that was born the other way around. It was born by a chance meeting of the only survivor, who then told me the the entire moment by moment story of 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 the ship going down, um, and, and then and then running into him again. And, and Stuart Avery was on the Estonia. Was previous, he really? Yeah, previously, before long before it sunk, but yeah. But it is a little bit like they somehow tap you on the shoulder. Well, it it certainly was in his case because I was just sat on a plane minding my own business, and this guy was was determined to make eye contact every time I sort of half glanced round. He was, you know, when somebody's trying to make eye contact <laughs> with you when they're doing the old, and he was, you know, I thought, what's what's going on with this bloke? Because <laughs> he was he was he was on the opposite side of the aisle, you know. I was on the left, and he was on the right hand side of the aisle, and he was like looking across all the time. And then he's going, "All right, what are you doing here?" Then and I'm thinking, "Who's this, this bloke?" And it's not because I'm you know a singer or anything. I don't think he'd any idea who I was, but he was just determined to tell me this, tell me his story. Wow! And so that was kind of strange. You know, and it really, I mean, I was sitting there weeping, listening to it. It, it was really raw what he was telling me because it was all true stuff and terribly tragic. Um, and then we, and then we went and did that little um, charity gig for him in Henley or somewhere. And that's I wrote the song for that for that little gig. Wow. It sort of grew from there later, but that's that's where it came from. So I mean, Ocean Cloud isn't an, an, an epic in terms of the, the obviously the the amount of words and the amount of music. How long did it did it was it a protracted process, Dave, or is this a bit like Angelina? Did it come together quite quickly? No, it was sort of uh, well, from what I remember, it was we, everybody knew it was going to be a quite an epic number within itself. But it's something we kept going back to. It's not something right. that we focused on to get right. It's just every now and again, we try, oh, that would work there. We'll try this and we do that. It was quite relaxed, the approach to it. Uh, it wasn't forced at all, I don't think. I mean, no. It was all quite natural. But, yeah, and it took its time, but no one was in any great hurry to do to finish Ocean Cloud. The musical equivalent of a, a jigsaw you leave out on the kitchen table. yes. Yeah, yeah, that's happened. That can sit there for weeks because yeah. you, you know, you'll go and fill a bus in or yeah, yeah, do a bridge. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like buggers when there's a lot of seeing on the jigsaws. It's <laughs> 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 <That's> true. <laughs> and sky. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find you a purely. <laughs> Sea jigsaw, <laughs> send it along to you. <laughs> One seagull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you'd be really pissed off when you've done the seagull, wouldn't you? Yeah. Make your own. Just, just take a photograph of the most nondescript piece of ocean you can possibly find and cut it up and send it. <laughs> who was? Did you weren't telling me that jigsaw? No, it wasn't you. It was somebody else who told me about. You know, you can you can get if you have a picture that you want to have turned into a jigsaw, you can you you know you email the company the mm. the photo and they they'll turn it into a jigsaw for you. But apparently, they use the same jigsaw layout for everybody who does that. 
So effectively, oh. the corners and all the shapes of all the pieces oh, right. are identical, but they've just got different backgrounds on. And there was, <laughs> I don't know who it was who said that he'd ordered three or four of these and then just basically mixed all the pieces up. Wow. And then sent them to different charity shops. <laughs> so, they'd, so they'd all go together but, and every all the pieces in them were correct but the pictures were totally right you know. so you've got to you've got to do them you've got to do them with the, with the back facing upwards or you're buggered really <laughs> you just get put off by the pictures <laughs> a little bit cruel but there we are right so that's that's ocean cloud so because i want to i want to hone in on on three maybe four songs here yeah um so the next one's Fantastic Place. Oh, yeah. And I remember reading somewhere that, Dave, you you became, you know, enraptured with that fant- Fantastic Place really early on. Is yeah. That's right. I've not made that up, have I? No. No. Well, that, that's true. Uh, there's two things. Yeah. It was, again, it was down to the lyric, but also there was there was a certain performance that Steve had done at the beginning uh, which sounded, and it was just one of the one of the sketch recordings, and it basically it sounded like, uh, as if you'd captured it as he was writing it, right? You know, the very first time these words were ever said, uh, and it had something really, really special, and it was setting something up really, really special, um, and it. it from that beginning, it just—I don't know—the words just pull you into what the song is going to be about, and it's, it's, it's a song that applies to everyone, you know. You know, everybody has this fantastic place in their head, or whatever, or wants to go to this fantastic place, or get away or from to place return that, to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's, and then musically, it came together quite easily. There was it's a few sticking points. I remember I had quite a few little run-ins with Mr. Rodery over certain parts, like the guitar solo and things, because it was, um, the, yeah, it, 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 he did one solo that was just brilliant, and it was very, very, not simple, but just um, a lot based around one note, and it, uh, but, but it, was, it, just, it was just perfect for the song. And, uh, but it wasn't very muso, and it wasn't very technical. Right. But it was just spot on completely, and I, I was fighting to the death over that one with Steve for ages. And uh, but and I, oh, yeah, I mean it's coming back. Yeah, I remember Mark as well spent ages with doing the string arrangement for it because it, it changes all the time. Mm. You may not, you know, if you sit back and listen to it, you won't even notice it probably. But but it is. It's a very. It's it's the whole song develops subtly, piece by piece. Uh, and then it's a monster at the end, but it starts in such a moment of silence, um, and it gets to that place. It's, it's a it's sort of an exercise in dynamics, but it's a, no, it was always one of my favourites. Mm. I um, and I don't know, I might offend when I say this, but uh, and it's it's probably pre the time, might be similar sort of time, I'm not quite sure. It always to me had a little bit of Snow Patrol about it. Now that might be the guitar solo. Uh, one only in the sense of the guitar solo is the thing I liked about it is it was quite Celtic. Yeah, you know, because it, it's staying on one note, which is a very yeah. Irish thing to do or Celtic thing to do. It's all part of a drone, uh, and even with Fantastic Place, there is quite a drone to it as well. Actually, the whole thing. Um, But yeah, but no, I, I, I'd say it was. Uh, I think it was before Snow Patrol, really. Cause, yeah, uh, I was trying to get my, my, cause my that, dates right. There probably is a little bit before, actually. It is because I, I, I um, oh, was that one of their weddings? Uh, but yeah, you were at one Ian of Snow Archer, Patrol's Archer, weddings. Yeah, I was at Ian Archer's oh, wedding, and they played, and they were they were they hadn't had any, had any success at that point. Right. Okay. And um, yeah. Uh, I've and always that was thought definitely it had a... after marbles, right? I because I always thought that in which case then I always thought chasing cars had very much a fantastic kind of vibe about it. Fantastic oh god, yeah, kind of vibe. yeah, yeah, chasing cars, yes, definitely. You know, um, and those two songs to me always had a. I don't know how many times Snow Patrol and Marillion have been put in the same sentence, but there's just something about those two songs. 
Yeah, but it yeah, there's a lot of common factors between Snow Patrol and Meridian, though. There's there's um there's a whole Celtic line mm. that's in common between both. I mean, going back to Brave or whatever, you know, it's mm. it's a uh, yeah. No, I think there's lots of similarities to be honest. Cool. And the chorus at, at of Eastern, fantastic yeah. places is like one note, really. Yeah. That that worried me, you know. Can we have a chorus that's one, one note? La 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 la. Yeah, two notes. There's yeah. one. There's one at the end that goes <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. But until then, it's one no. note. Yeah, that, but that, because the chords are changing that, beneath it, it doesn't feel like one note, but yeah. it is. Yeah, you decided to treat yourself to a second note at the end. <laughs> <laughs> How did it that come together for you, Ed? Uh, How did it so, come together for you? Were, you? were you as into it as Dave was from the beginning? Um, yeah, yeah, but I was into it, but it became a bit of an oh god song because uh, <laughs> I knew Dave was he was after something, and whenever he's after because I'd worked with him before, <laughs> whenever he's after something, oh Christ, you know. Uh, he can't tell you what it is, but he knows. We, I'll know it when I hear I'll it. I'll know it when yeah. I hear just, it. Yeah, you know, you just you just do it again and uh, again. And of course, the harder I try, the further away I get <laughs> get from what he's after. Because what he's after is me not trying at all. Yeah. Uh, so to not try at all to do something that you're really trying to do is quite <laughs> tricky. Um, so it was one of them. So just getting the the mood. And the you know this the kind of intimacy and the the smallness of the moment in verse one really, um, and the tone of the voice as well. He was after a tone as well, yeah. and that's that's always murder because because with tone you can never quite remember where you got that, and it might have just been the time of day or it might have been who knows you know what it was but. Getting back to a tone can be quite difficult as well. Uh, well I sort of got there in the end, but it was oh, yeah. it was one of those oh no, oh no, <laughs> you know. He's not going to like this either. I remember (laughs) thinking that every time I sat down, he won't like this. (laughs) I'd be thinking, oh, God, you can tell I don't like this. (laughs) One, two, three, four. You're doing it fucking wrong. Yeah, Yeah, it was a bit like that. (laughs) So it it really was a labour of love then. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they all have been. Yeah, but, um, but you know what's what's the point otherwise? And did the rest of the band see it, or was it you two? I mean, say you felt, you, you you fell out a bit with Rothers about the solo, but I mean, I can. You know. I think Steve struggled with it because yeah. it it was not. It wasn't something he readily would come. Something he would readily come to. Yeah. Um, I think it was outside of his usual oeuvre, and so that, that doesn't necessarily mean he's reluctant to get no, involved. No, no. It's just that if he can't feel it, he mm. doesn't know what to do. So he just sits there and stares into space, and you know. So then I find myself sometimes, as I have since, you know, looking over at him. Are you going to get involved in this? You know, that's why we're here. Uh, and it's, he won't just play for the sake of joining in. That's just not in his nature. He, he, he has to have something to say and then he'll say it. Yeah. He's a bit like that with his, you know, as a person as well, really. He's not someone that talks to, to, to fill up the space in a room like I do. Constantly, he'll talk if he's got something to say. Yeah. I mean, I I fit what I've got to say in amongst the rest of my talking. <laughs> um, whereas Steve only talks if he has, you know, <laughs> unless he's, he's, he has the same approach to play. <laughs> so that's fantastic place, uh, and obviously a, a very special song for a lot of a lot of people. That and um, like you say, starts in that kind of small way but i mean it's really proper anthemic and 
proper crescendo at the end and proper, you know, proper proper build. I mean, it's almost by the time it gets to the end, you can sense the kind of that everybody's been through the ringer to get there. It's it's actually got that feel oh, about yeah. it when you actually get to the end. That it's like right, well, that was a journey. It's in the song, you know. Take me to the fantastic place. You'll either kill me or you'll save me. Uh, and that, that's the, the kind of touchdown lyric of that. That that's that's what that song's about, you know. In a nutshell, yeah, is that feeling. Yeah. And and I guess the music had to accompany that ethos. So moving on to the other song I want to talk about then, which you you say you arrived with some of it, and that's Neverland. Yeah, the, 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 there was a. I remember it was called the big idea originally. I think, yeah, and the uh, huge idea, huge idea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, sort of big. And then got big huge wasn't big enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, but there was, it was four chords, uh, mm. and uh, those chord, four chords must have changed about fifty times. All different combinations, not not what Steve was doing on top so much, but what the chords were doing underneath. Um, oh, there you go. And uh, that's them, isn't it? It's the A flat, flat against a flat. the low C. Yeah, that that was it. <laughs> it's not rooting on any of it, yeah. and then it's the F with an A root. Yeah. And then a G minus seven and a F sus four. You know, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's got massive gravity to it. And, but each um, chord was constructed, and each root was constructed. You know, over a period of days, it was it was everybody was so focused on these four <laughs> chords. It was, it was, it was. But I I liked it because it was I was watching the band do what I do in my head, which is you know if I'm sitting there putting drums together or something, I could be listening to four bars for four days. Or whatever, but but they were sitting listening to four chords for four days, and but but they are actually hearing the difference. You know, it it, it yeah. does make a difference when you change one element of that of that chord. Oh, it, night and day, yeah. Yeah, you know, but it, not it's, not just melodically either, but in terms of a picture. Oh of yeah, paints, totally, you know, totally. You, you, you paint. We're here to paint with 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 the music and and. You can change one, one note. And yeah, something moves from, you know, Russia to Taiwan. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But did you, did you all know then when the four chords were right? Well, did was there a moment well, after it, four days? It, it it wasn't like the four chords are right. It was like oh, the first chord's right, right, right. The other three are wrong. And the next day, oh, the first and the third quarter, right? Though it might have the wrong bass note. And but then all of a sudden, they were all right. If you see what I mean. Yes, we're starting see, to sound like a I Michael Barrymore same, tribute act here. If I play the same chords <laughs> with, 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 with the bass, bass notes, notes that are supposed to go with oh, those yeah, chords, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it goes... Right, as opposed right. to. Oh yeah, so here straight away. Yeah. Each one of those so, chords tells a story, you know, in itself. Yeah, you know, and it, especially the relationship between them as well. As they yeah. move from one to the other, they have they 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 do a thing as well. Yeah. So, once we arrived at. At those, we just went round and round and round and round. We, and we, we did. What can we do next? Nothing can beat these chords. There's no way out. Stop it's perfection. <laughs> we found the lost chord. Yeah, exactly. How the hell are we going to find another one? So it was. It was. It took weeks, as I recall, yeah, to get yeah, beyond yeah. those those four chords. Yeah. Yeah, and then one day, somehow, I I came in and. <laughs> Put something really simple with it, you know, which was a, you know, something dead, dead, blockhead, normal, which, which I think it would, they were desperate for by then. Yeah, they were yeah, desperate yeah. to open out into yeah, yeah, yeah. something. 
in the in the in the light after all of that those caverns of complex notions yeah. so when did the idea of that big guitar line come into this then because you've got the four chords i don't know when, well, there when was, that happened there... i remember it being an amazing moment yeah and, and also one of those moments again that steve was talking about which is um steve had steve rother had done something i can't remember what i'd heard it he'd done something with a, a delay uh and how he played the riff as well uh there was one take somewhere or something that was absolutely incredible and pauses he put in it and, and various other bits. Uh, and I remember him, we might have even gone back and used part of the original, original guitar for where the guitar stops, you know, where the whole thing stops. And there's a, you can hear that repeat, mm. repeating. That bit of repeated guitar was, I'm sure, an accident that had happened months ago that we'd put in. That Steve had done. Uh, well, yeah, but Steve was totally at home in that track, though, wasn't he? I mean, yeah, I mean, even yeah. the other day when I saw it at at, at um, uh, where was it in London? Oh, a Hammersmith. Yes, on Neverland. What he played on Neverland on that day even was incredible. You know, it's it's just it, it's he's it is absolute comfort zone. A track like yeah. Neverland, you know, he he lives and breeds it. He could do anything he wants with it. He could play bomb notes and it'd sound great, I think, you know, because he plays them the right, he'd play it the right way. But he he just, yeah, he was. There was no, I don't, I can't even remember a bad take of anything on on on, on Neverland. Guitar There's just something about that very first note when he hits that first note. Yeah, well, that's like what I'm say, talking about the accident because I think I think that might have been the first time he ever played it. And we kept it. Yeah, it's that it's that bend that is just yeah, like yeah, so yeah, him. Yeah. It's just yeah. so it's a it's a bit like when you hear Gary Moore play Parisian Walkways. Oh yeah, he does yeah. that. It's that first thing in Parisian Walkways, and you go, yeah, got that. You, you you're totally there with that. You're owning this. Yeah, yeah and he and he own and 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 Rothers owns owns it for. And like you say, can do whatever he likes after yeah, that yeah, yeah, over that yeah, track. Yeah, because it just it just it just works. Yeah, because um, that's a in. It's a, it's a, it's such a big thing that that note that bit of guitar it's such a you know huge thing yeah. for the song really yeah, yeah um so then we then get obviously then the bit is 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 the end and and Ace did you always have the the I I think we perhaps talked about this but the idea of the um of the Peter Pan thing running through it cool. I don't know. The whole Wendy Darling thing. Uh, kitchen when you're dreaming. Uh, under the hooks once and for all. Um, I just can't remember anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I bought I bought, I bought, bought Peter Pan in a little bookshop up the King's Road, but I'd, and it's in the other room. And I don't know if I bought it because I was working on the idea of the song already or whether I'd bought it and then start thinking i think i bought it because i i was i was already on it and i was looking for i was looking for more references maybe slightly more obscure ones than you know wendy and tinkerbell and the lost boys and captain hook and smee i was looking for a few uh cooler fringe ones i could throw in but there aren't any (laughs) (laughs) but but i did have a look just in case, although you pointed out that kiss in the corner of a yes. mother's mouth, oh, yeah, yeah, which I should have put in. I, I was onto that, but I don't think I could find a way of getting it in. But that's a beautiful, beautiful, and you know, and and strange, strange thing to put in a children's book. Yes, you know, it's very adult. Yes, you know, yeah. and it implies that the mother is is actually being unfaithful to the father, doesn't it? That there's a that there's a kiss she's got that isn't for him. <laughs> it's not for any of them. It's for someone or something else. And that's a very dark and adult notion for a, a children's book. Uh, but I didn't put it in. I should have put it in, really. I don't know what I was thinking. I, it, oh, I mean, we have talked about that before because it just somehow doesn't, like I say, doesn't fit in the book at all. 
really. No, and it's, it was right at the front. And it's right and at the beginning. It's in the first page. Then it's done and it's gone, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, very yeah. strange. Yeah. It's like, it is like such a weird thing to, to put in right at the beginning. But yeah, we did. I think the very first time we recorded a podcast, we talked about that. It's like a uh, private dig, actually, isn't it? Yeah. More than... Because it's got nothing to do with the plot at all. No, not at all. And it, and not it at doesn't all. come back to it. No, no. And the the obviously, you know, we've talked a little bit in the past about the 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 effectively the echo at the end. You do you doubling up on the words to to create your own you 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 know your own yeah, echo. Yeah, to create the, the delays. That that came to me one afternoon because has anyone ever done that? Has anyone ever sang their own delays? That could be. I could have a lot of fun with that, you know, because it, you, because when you're doing, when you're singing them, that they don't have to be the same. It can yeah. change from moment to moment. You put different, throw different rhythms in and out, and different lengths, and um, you can even change the words, you know, subtly. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that, but I don't, I don't know where the idea came from. No, it's a sod to do because you run out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't think about it at the time, did you? You didn't think about oh, fifteen years no, later. No, 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 it's not my job to think, Anthony. <laughs> oh, excellent job done then. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, there's lots, there's lots more going on with the album, and there's a lot more tracks and what have you. And we are running out a little bit of time to, you know, to talk about uh, too much more. But I want to now go back to the bit that we kind of left at the at the beginning, which was. Did anything then work its way in towards the track order by the time the album, you know, got to the end that was something that was recovered from earlier? As in, was there anything, like you say, that was on the shelf and then we actually did get round to this? Well, Pete burst through the door with the damage one day. I remember that. Something that he'd been faffing about with at home. And he's with his own sequences. Do you remember him coming in with that tape? With the chorus. Yeah, with the... Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, that... And he said, I've got this. And he'd taken these two pieces of music and burst through the door with those. And yeah. I remember thinking, well, that's really cool. And I can't remember... I think they were they were meant to be... Other songs, weren't they? I think they were meant to be two. I think there were two other songs from yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he glued them together in the morning and brought yeah. them in. I remember that. And I remember drilling holes. Is that oh, yeah. on marbles? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Drilling holes on marbles? That, yes. That was yeah. sort of. That's an unusual song in a lot well, of ways. Because that was recorded unusually as well, because uh, there was no overdubs. We did something like 10 takes. No one was allowed to play the same thing on each take or use the same sound on each take. I mean, it was hard on Steve, cause, <laughs> but but everybody else had to sort of do something different on each take. And then in the end, I wouldn't even none of them got to hear it until the last day, and I chopped it all together with loads of bits and changes and this and that, and it's sort of a real patchwork thing. And then played it to them, and uh, yeah. And I think everybody liked it, so that was it. And then oh, Mike Hunter did a great mix of it as well, didn't he? Yeah, cracking. Yeah, yeah so that was a bit of a word puzzle, you know, because it, it was a different way of writing. Instead of writing rhythms and 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 um, and and rhymes, yeah. it was about it was much more about alliteration. You know, a woman arrived in a panic with a picnic. Oh yeah. You know, uh, the man. He wore plastic, you know, and I was taking was like panic and panic, a picnic and plastic, um, you know. So there's like a reinforcement of similar sounding words that that represented different things, didn't rhyme, but were being, you know, it's better to give words. A woman arrived in panic with a picnic, better than gives and receive. Well, the man, what was the man with the who wore plastic and shoes? You could hardly believe. believe yeah. I can't remember, but but they were. It was a different way of writing. It started with the, a man coming to fix the boiler at the racket club, and and oh yeah, I told this story, and I said to Stuart Every, 
um, what you been up to? And he said, oh, a man came to drill holes in the afternoon. And I said, I suppose by the evening, most of the afternoon had gone then, I did. And he just looked straight back at me. He had no idea what was on about. And I thought, that's really nice. And I jotted it down. But he was just talking about, about someone putting a boiler in. I'm going to have to ask Dave... Any particular reason why you said to everybody you can only do this many takes and you can't play the same thing twice and you can't listen to it? It was trying to recreate kind of what Steve was doing because there was sort of a Edward Lear type nonsense to it. Yeah. Uh, on top, and I thought if you, if you even attempt to try and contrive that, it'll be so obvious. So I thought. Just let everybody do whatever they want, numerous times, but not repeat yourself. Yeah, you know, and uh, and then just see what happens. It was it was a gamble as well because I could have edited together and gone, oh god, it doesn't sound any different, but it, it did, and it, it did all gel together in, in a in a cool way. So uh, that even just again it accentuated the lyrics. So, uh, and obviously, I mean, like you said, I mean, the Leah thing then, I mean, there's, there's always been parallels with the Beatles, but for me with that, it's Sergeant yeah, yeah. Pepper-esque or what have you. Um, and obviously, I'm right in saying that Lennon was a big fan of Leah, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, when you say that thing about not playing the same thing twice, isn't that, didn't they do that in the Day of a Life? Didn't, when they did the, the, the orchestra build? You know, the big build? Oh, yeah. Keeps wasn't that... They they, they, were, they, they weren't to... allowed to listen to each other. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Start on a note, and finish on a note, and get and get from one to the other at a time. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. weren't allowed to listen to anyone else. else. Anyone else? They just yeah. had to one. So that was like a yeah, you know, an experiment. Yeah, to and quite often experiments don't 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 bear fruit, but then other times they bear yeah. amazing fruit. Yeah. Um, and that's how they got that cacophony of noise, wasn't it? Because it's yeah, a it's yeah. a unique build, isn't it? That it's a yeah. unique yeah, yeah. crescendo. That, but uh... I think I was I think I was channeling um, Sid Barrett a little bit, you know. As mm. well. Oh God, yeah, yeah. When it was just yeah. one of those days, I was channeling Sid yeah. Emily play a little right. bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. put on a ground, they put on a gown that touches the ground, and I've got a bike, you can ride it if you like, and all of that. Yeah, so yeah. I was I was I was in sort of Sid, Sid, I was pushing myself into that place, trying to write something psychedelic. Yeah. And was there anything that, anything that didn't make it? Was there anything that that got shelved, or is that a fairly complete project in itself? Uh, I mean, there were bits. I mean, obviously, Circular Ride again. Didn't yeah. Make yes. It. Um, Has never made it. No. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there any other bits? Ooh, I, don't, I don't mean there's thousands of bits. Yeah, but uh, but nothing close to nothing no. that, that I mean. What followed Marbles? What what was the one after that then? Somewhere else. I was yeah yeah it was somewhere else. Oh, I don't think anything. No, like oh, the, nothing, um, nothing obviously um, springs to mind. I don't think. Oh, there Maybe is there is real um, tears. Real, Real tears. tears for sale. Right, that well, that's an album it. on as well because that's Happiness is the Road. So that is a that oh, is yeah. a long. Yeah, a well, long... I've, I've got a feeling Real Tears might have started. Did it start in the uh, roundabout back in the marbles? Oh, yeah, it did. It did. And yeah. then we, I think we looked at it again somewhere else and yeah. put it back on the shelf again and then finally. Got it nailed for happiness, yeah. then. but not. But in essence, not much. I mean, sometimes you can hear songs that you think, "Oh, I could see how that would fit on that album because it it's got a, a similar sort of sound to that, you know, to, to a piece that's already that's already gone." Yeah. Uh, and I'm and I'm trying to think anything from anything around about somewhere else that I could think. Okay, would that have sounded right? Maybe maybe faith. Oh, faith was around, but that was around even before. Marbles that that's been around since. Uh, anorak. anorak, yeah, right. I could, I could in my head, I could hear Faith on Marbles if that makes sense. Something about its sound of it that that that, that would have. It's too, it's it's not painful enough. 
No, because it's 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 um. Because the one thing about marbles is, especially someone of my age, and especially male, uh, you, you can really tap into what it's all about. And I see that every, whenever I see it live as well. You see it with all the the, the people at the gigs and stuff. It's it, it's they've taken it on personally. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's a bit different to a lot of albums. It's it's yeah. your basic. It's a therapy a therapy album almost. You know. No, it's, I get, I get that. I know, I, yeah, it's not the sound necessarily of the song, but it's the it's yeah. the lyrical context. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 it'd be very hard to fit anything in retrospectively into it. I think. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I was talking a little bit more about the sound of it. I thought that. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound yeah. of the song sounded like something that. Oh yeah, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. But lyrically, you know, I I agree. It's a, it's in it's in a different place, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Dave, thank you um, for that uh, insight. Uh, and and for being around Just to help us. W- 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 one thing, because yeah. I never get a chance, never got a chance to say this to to Mike himself, but towards the end of Marbles, we were up against time pressure, and we had two studios going. Mike was in the studio area, and I was in the control room, and Mike was mixing tracks and finishing off recording bits of the mar- some of the marbles and stuff. But he did such an amazing job of what he mixed that he got it exactly. And I didn't think someone could do this because uh, I've had stuff mixed by other people and things, and they, they they might make it sound nice, but he actually did both. He got it to sound nice and kept the spirit of what we'd been doing for months. Absolutely nothing got lost whatsoever, and that was, was such a relief to me, I can't tell you, because normally that's when I put an album away and never listen again. It's when people remix it and just you know, I personally destroy something or whatever, but I still listen to Marbles and I still will listen to the day I die probably, but a lot of that's due because of Mike being able to finish it off without having to go out of house, so to speak. It was, um, no, so that was a, a godsend having Mike there as well. Cool. Big shout out. Every time Mike. I try and find him, he disappears. Every gig I go to, oh, he's gone. <laughs> So it's been 15 years I've been trying to tank him. <laughs> we'll send him a walnut whip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're going to have to write to him. That's, that's your only option. Oh, God. <laughs> right. Um, thanks, Dave. Um, that's fantastic. And thank you very much for... Uh, bless you for, for, for doing all of these. Yeah, my pleasure. that's, I think, five now in, in total you have been on uh, over the four albums. So thank you very much for that. Pleasure. Um, um, we'll go to a bit of diary, um, and we're going to go to Manchester. And before you shout out loud, it's out of sequence. Yes, I know it's out of sequence, and there's a reason, and you will find out why in the goodness of time. So, Mr. H is going to take you off to Manchester Academy, and we'll have a little bit of a wrap up after that and call it a day for 91. Right, you go. Let me take you to Manchester out of sequence for reasons I don't understand. Here it comes. Thursday, 18th of November, Manchester Academy. Slept quite well, but couldn't manage a repeat of yesterday's marathon lie-in. So I emerged from the bus around 10 and spirited my way into the academy through a side door, toilet bag in hand, in search of the dressing rooms and much-needed ablutions. Cleaned my teeth in the dressing room, but made my way to catering to interrupt the washing-up girls in order to have hot water to wash my face. Elaine and Vanessa, our caterers for this short tour, provided me with poached egg on toast, and I sat with Eric, who made me an espresso, before joining me for breakfast. I returned to the production office and called home. Dizzy answered the phone and listened patiently to my apologies for not calling yesterday. I was relieved to hear everyone's okay at home. I'd been meaning to call Aziz Ibrahim, my guitar-playing chum from the H-Tour, who lives here over on Longsight Estate. I was expecting him to be away somewhere, so I was surprised to find that he answered the phone. He said he would come over and pick me up. He wanted to show me his new Gretsch guitars. 
I'm always up for a gander at an interesting guitar. Although piano was always my first instrument, I find guitars much more fascinating as objects, so I said I'd see him in a little while. I went to the stage to check out everything was okay with my equipment. Eric's going to switch through my Kurzweil programmes tonight, as I've proved to be incompetent in this regard during the initial shows. We arranged a little run-through of the queues when I returned to the venue at 3.30. Aziz arrived, and Mark K, after some persuasion, decided to accompany us over to his house. We made our way to his home. He had bought the house next door to his parents and had an access door put in. This way he retains his independence whilst getting his washing and cooking done. We arrived in a quiet terrace house decorated in a simple working class fashion and not unlike the house I grew up in. We said hello to his mum Rashida who was courteous and seemed a little shy but this was probably because she has few English words. Aziz spoke a few words to his mother in Kashmiri before he led us through a doorway into the adjoining house, which was effectively a recording studio, all ash wood panelling and tungsten lighting and full to the ceiling with shop new technology. Quite a shock. A bit like that scene in Help where the Beatles all go through those terrace front doors into their opulent 60s bachelor pad. In addition to his impressive collection of electric and acoustic guitars, he showed us a tabla drum machine, which he'd bought in Hounslow. It plays all the rag rhythms and has pretty authentic sounds. He also has a little black box about four inches square and covered in knobs and switches, which simply creates drone chords. Everything for do-it-yourself Indian composition. My mind was yet to be broadened and blown further when he demonstrated the new Roland V guitar synthesis system. Not a sampler, but a synthesizer, which can be any guitar from Jimi Hendrix's Strat to Jeff Beck's Strat to Rickenbacker Electric 12-string and even acoustic guitars. All you need is a guitar with a MIDI output interface and you're away. You never need to change your guitar during a show and you could mix several different guitars together at will. You can alter tuning too to different open strings and capo tunings. Perfect for a guitar idiot like me. While I was still recovering, Aziz led us back through to his parents' house, where we sat down to lunch. His mum had prepared a sumptuous meal of rice and various curries, chicken and meatballs. Lovely. Thanks, Rashida. It seemed almost rude to rush off after all this hospitality, but it was time for me to return to the academy and have a chat with Eric before sound check. Aziz gave Mark and I a lift back into town where we re-entered the gig. Sound check was pretty uneventful. Aziz had given me a pair of earplugs which are a new design and which, in theory, don't remove the high frequencies disproportionately and make the sound quieter without changing it. In the end, I came to the conclusion that they worked best if I just wore one. I returned to the bus to relax for a little while before the show. Tonight we are to come on stage and play the first two songs behind a sort of net curtain. Jasper, our lighting designer, will project images onto it and onto the back screen while picking up the band with individual lights. This way we will appear between two planes of projected images. Interesting in theory, but we had yet to try it. I have to stand still on a little plinth which shines a circle of light upward, so there was much commotion during sound check when we tried to work out how to remove it later so that I didn't risk more twisted ankles or dislocated knees. I have only just recovered from a knee cartilage repair, so I'm having to be careful. After sound check, I retired to the bus where I watched a programme about survival skills in the Arctic. All very interesting, but there was a little bit of Blue Peter aspect about it. Quote, You can tie this together with some lamp wick, which you might well find left behind in an old log cabin. Hmm. The show was delayed slightly by Mark Kelly doing his disappearing act, and he had to be paged across the gig's tannoy system before he finally appeared in the dressing room. When we got on stage, we played the first two songs, Go and Under the Sun, behind the mesh curtain. I could see the crowd faintly through the gauze and wondered two things. One, could they see the band? And two, 
Was that burning smell coming from beneath me simply because the tungsten lights were being used for the first time, or was I about to go up in a circle of fire like Joan of Arc? It turned out that I remained alive and nothing went up in flames. It also turned out that Jasper's projections looked fantastic for the first time this tour and the audience responded accordingly. I made a little speech about the Irish peace process before we played Easter and it really seemed to strike a chord with the crowd. I'd forgotten about the bomb which exploded in Manchester's main shopping mall a couple of years back. Whatever I said, it seemed to be met with affectionate approval because after that, the spirit of the gig climbed vertically and we could do no wrong. I must say it was one of the best audience atmospheres I can remember, made more so by memories of this same venue a year ago on the radiation tour when the audience were in a less enthusiastic mood. I read some bad criticisms of the Manchester show back then, so I was especially relieved to see tonight's crowd so unanimously into it. I finished the show buzzing with excitement. It was a relief to feel this and a reminder of what we're capable of when it all comes together. I felt now that we had played the songs in and that we were ready for London. And we're back! Yay! Right. Are you recording now? Yes. Oh, perfect. Right, okay. Don't know what this is going to sound like. We'll find out. <laughs> Let me give you a quick quick bit of explanation as to why we've jumped forward to Manchester. Because if you're mm. following this with the diary, I've never thought about this. There might be people who actually read along. Oh, yeah. That could be a thing, couldn't it? Yeah. So if you are reading along and you're wondering why we've missed out a, a, a whole section on Geneva, it's because we're going to deal with that separately as a separate episode because it's quite a big diary section. And this week's already a bit of a whopper with a load of, of, of chat with Dave. So we thought we'd just quickly, you know, nip, nip to Manchester and then and then nip back. Manchester yeah. being a natural stopping off point between Padstow and Geneva. That's of all course. you need to know. Hmm. That's all you need to know. So that's why I've done it. So you're in Manchester hmm. and you've, 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 Whipped round to Aziz's house with this weird little setup he's got living next door to his mum and dad. Yes, he bought a house next door to his mum and dad and then knocked it, knocked a doorway through. So there was just a door and you go through it and you go through from, uh, you know, sort of mum and dad's house, which is a quite 50s with lots of little knickknacks and kind of stuff mums and dads have. Uh, and you you go through this door into you know it it, it into all this bright light and, and wood panelling and you know what kind of uh, I want to say wood panelling. What I mean is that kind of light coloured wood. Not not too good with the woods off the top of my head. Um, but you know, really light mirror. You know, great big sections and mirrors and. Uh, audio insulation and a mixing desk and uh, just really up-to-the-minute studio-fired space. So it was strange, you know, to travel so far just by going through a door. It was a bit of a shocker. And I, I asked him why he, um, he'd bought a house so close to his parents and he said so he could get his washing done, which is sort of... <laughs> Sensible, honest. <laughs> I never told his mum, but she probably yeah. already knew it. Uh, and if she doesn't, she does now. <laughs> I can't imagine she's a, a regular listener. But... Right. <laughs> I'll have to write to us and find out. Is your mum purple? <laughs> she doesn't speak a lot of English. She sort of smiles and nods a lot. So, so I don't, I don't know what she'd get off TCV. I don't think we speak a lot of English, to be honest. <laughs> That's so, true. It's probably all right. Um, further on in the in the in the old in the old section, you talk about the show in Manchester, and you played the first two songs behind some form of of like mesh gauze. Hmm. I do remember that. Now, who the hell was responsible for that? Was that Jens? Was that were we already working with him then, or was was that something Jasper had come up with? Um, I think the point of it was that 
you could shine a light on the gauze in such a way that it became like a solid sheet of of colour and you couldn't see what was behind it if oh. um if if what was behind it wasn't wasn't oh someone keeps going bloop in a was way. it yeah curious anyway it's probably my router um but um if if what was behind the gauze wasn't lit then it, you couldn't see it you could only see the gauze and then as you pull the lights up on what's behind the gauze that appears so it's a way of um it's a way of creating a curtain, really, without having to have one. Right. The okay. uh, And then you can then kind of, I don't know if he dropped that later or left it there for the whole show. He must have dropped it. Um, but once the lights appeared behind it, um, then you could see what was behind it. And I think we were opening, were we opening with Go? I think we were. And because Go is such an ethereal piece of music... I think the LD was doing, he was doing stuff with the lights, um, you know, to, to make us appear and disappear or appear appear ghostly during the song. Hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah, because the thing is, you, you jump from, we jump from Manchester. Uh, when we get back into this bit of the diary, we jump back to Stuttgart. Um, and, and it moves on quite a way. So we don't get much more, uh, we don't get much on the dates what you know the UK dates we just get that one and right. I guess you know you wrote that up simply because of um, you know seeing as is and because this is his mum uh, I think I think made food for you and Mark I think how um, did Mark come along I think Mark came along from what I could what I remember I've, it's, a, it's a week since I've read it so um, it's amazing but, how much Mark and I used to pal about back then we were we were kind of fairly inseparable socially for a, for a while um so yeah that's interesting yeah she made us i can't remember what she made us she made us a little curry i think because uh obviously she's uh now wait a minute is that is that is that oh I better be so careful in case of cause offense but from pakistan yes um and i thought it was is it Kashmir? is that in pakistan Oh, I'm ignorant, she, and I don't. He's know. La- he's from Lahore, isn't he? Is he? I, yes. Well, you you probably know him better than I do. Um, uh, well, I, th- I only because I, I I think didn't he do something um, from Lahore to Longsight as being an album or a project he did? Right. I um, see. So I th- I've got a sneaking suspicion it's Lahore. I might be wrong, um, but I've got a sneaking suspicion it was it was Lahore. Hmm. Um, yeah, um, it was very sweet of her to make his lunch. It was a good curry and all. And then we went and had a had a look at his studio, um, and marvelled, marvelled at his Gretches, and his and the the one that lights up and the plexiglass one and all of that. And then we hightailed it back. I think that could have been well, that wasn't the same tour, was it? Where where we we then went shopping for Indian trousers and stuff. Did he take me? Did he take me out shopping after that? Well, again, it's a, I don't remember that when I read it because it's only it's only a couple of pages. It's terrible, this, isn't it? We, 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 we just, this is the diary section. We've just played it. You've just read it, and none of us have got a clue what's in it. Yes, that's bizarre, isn't it? Even the bits I remember are usually factually wrong when I get when I get around to it. <laughs> well, I'm back on the diary now, so we can we can we can tidy some of this. Mm. Uh, Aziz spoke to his mum in Kashmiri. I thought it was Kashmir. Yeah. So so that's you were, you were right you were right in that respect. You did mention his Gretsch guitars, so that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, the, the, with regard to the mesh, I don't think there's anything about the mesh curtain which tells us really why it was there, but that you could definitely smell burning. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we don't get a lot about the actual effect, but it could have been very short-lived. Yeah, there's always that um, spinal tap feeling whenever you do anything like that. You think this is cool until it goes wrong, and it's really, really not cool. But um, you know, you you go. There's a fine line between things that work really well and things that are just horribly pretentious (laughs) and shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's sometimes hard to know which side of that line you're standing on. I, th- I think I think we should probably wrap this up before we actually do any <laughs> more damage. Uh, but, but I'm wondering whether the wrap for this week also perhaps ought to go in front of the diary entry rather than behind it. Mm. Mind, we've clearly got no idea what's in it. <laughs> Other than you pop round his his house, and that's yeah. and that's about it. That's about. I think we've got away with it. I think we've bluffed it. I think we're all right. Just about. Remember the bits that Dave spoke about, folks, and forget this bit at the end. Yes. 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 Cool. Right, well, I'll I'll see you next time then. Oh, all right. Sorry, sorry not to have made more sense today, folks. <laughs> You're probably used to it by now. He's seen too much of life And there's no going back The loneliness calls her And the edge which must be sharpened Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>